podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, got my co-host, Scott, and we are live from Fred Ridley's front porch. Scott, what is the good word? What's going on? I just want to announce that uh, I will not be striking one of the ceremonial first tee shots on Thursday. Uh, They asked me to, but I just can't make it, so my apologies to Jack and Gary. Uh, You know, I'd love to be down there with you. But uh, just not in the cards. Masters, as well as um, Augusta National, will be welcoming next year Lee Elders as one of the three honorary starters. What do you think about that? I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I do think it's a a good idea for them to uh, show some inclusivity, uh, especially considering they've made a lot of strides towards that. So I'm happy to see it. I mean... It's interesting right. because he's not a champion, but that that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. So that's that's the first thing right off the bat. So Lee Elders is going to be with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player, uh, basically taking the place of Arnold, right? Uh, so we have three. Now, you're right. The Lee Elders' greatest finish was uh, a T-17 in 1979. Uh, but... This is a man who defied death threats, you know, 40 years ago to become the first black player to play in the Masters. Um, th- that's something that trophies and green jackets and and winning majors, you know, it, it's greater than all those things. I mean, this is this is something that that digs at the social consciousness of the U.S. right now, and I think it's I think it's a fantastic thing. Honestly. You know what you know what else would be awesome if you're going to, you know, make that move toward inclusivity? Have Carl Jackson out there too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I, I'm not joking. Have him okay. hit a ball. Why? Why not? Okay. Okay. You he, you going all in. Yeah, let's do it. He he, you know, he was on the bag for both of Crenshaw's wins. Uh Speeth has said I'm pretty sure that he essentially uses, you know, uh, notes from Carl Jackson when he plays Augusta. So, you know, maybe he's just, you know, maybe you honor the caddies too. I don't know. Okay, do you, out there. Do, you, do you honor them with hitting a ball or, or, or maybe in order to keep, you know, I, I don't. Okay, first off, look, being a caddy is is amazing. Being a caddy at Augusta National is even more amazing. Being a caddy that you know, literally helped Ben Crenshaw win the Masters is is even more phenomenal. So do you honor him by letting him hit a shot, or do you let him carry the clubs for Jack, Lee, and Gary, and let him lead the way through the patrons there? Um, I, I would just have him out there. I'd maybe let him hit a ball. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's something, you know, maybe – Maybe he just gets to be a part of it. I, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. I think he might be able to do some type of introduction thing too. Or yeah, let him hit it. I mean, that's it's it's a great idea. Fred Ridley is one of the most is the most. I mean, fight me for it, right? Fred Ridley is the most progressive um, Augusta National president we've ever seen. 
right? Yes, definitely. I mean, you had Hootie who, you know, hated women and 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 basically hated people that that weren't of the same uh, ilk, if you will. That weren't Hootie, right? Uh, but Ridley, like we said last week, it has you know brought in the Latino players, the Asian players, the South American players, uh, the the Australians they, that play on the Australasian tour. I mean, all these guys are able to earn ways in. And here's something I found today while actually creating my master's pool for work is the master's is allowed to invite amateurs from different countries that didn't win those tournaments to get in. So if someone shows something and they show some sort of, you know, panache or something like that, that, that the masters wants at the tournament, they have the leeway to, and obviously, you know, Augusta has the leeway to do anything they want, but they have the leeway to bring these amateurs in and, and kind of just give them a berth. And, and that is, that does not happen with pros. Like Fred Ridley and Augusta members are not petitioning for pros to get in, but in the spirit of Bobby Jones, the greatest amateur ever, they allow these amateurs to come in. And I think that's one of the greatest things about the tournament. I, I think it's awesome. I, you know what? I, you just mentioned, you know, Augusta can do kind of whatever they want with those amateurs and, you know, they can bring in whoever they want. That's one of the great things about it. And I'd actually like to see them maybe expand that, you know, coming up in in uh, in the spring for the next Masters, you know, give that give some other people an opportunity. Um, obviously, it increases the field, which is something they don't love to do. But you know, let some people go out there and play, and you know, include more people. What what's the what's the big deal? Go for it. Yeah, they, let Jeff Knox like play. In the, let Jeff Knox play in the tournament as an amateur. <laughs> Hey, Jeff Knox has played enough rounds in the tournament, okay? But let it let it count. I, yeah. I mean, why not? Look, I'm, yeah, I'm not against it. I'm just telling you that the Green Jackets are not going to allow that ever. But I think that's a great idea. I mean, any you know me, anything you can do or present to me to make the game different and more interesting, I'm on board with. Right as. L- as long as it's not sacrilegious and something stupid and it's still within the boundaries of the game, I am all for it. You know, like you see today that that Augusta sends out a tweet that beginning with this Masters tournament, they are not doing 10 strokes within the lead to make the cut. Now they're just going low 50 players and ties. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're in November. We've got less daylight. Mm-hmm. There's less time to get around the course for Saturday and Sunday and twosomes. But, you know... Th- that's that's cool. Like I'm fine with that. I I don't need somebody that's getting in on the number and then is going to shoot like a 78, 80 on the weekend and be completely irrelevant. Right. I agree with you. So I'm I'm cool with that. Um, let let uh, that's uh, the, that's a good point. Let people participate in the pageantry of being there. You know, for the first couple days, and then once it's like really time to start playing. Let let the real players play. Yeah, I I am all for allowing people access players now access mm-hmm. to everything and anything that Augusta has. Right, like spend as much time as you want on the course. Get there when the gates open. Leave when the last person leaves. That's fine. But you're right. On the weekend, when people are vying for the title of the Masters champion, they're vying for the green jacket. You know, do we need? 
67 guys, 68 guys out on the course. We we don't. We honestly, we probably don't even need 50. No, definitely not. But it's you know it does give them a whole day of TV coverage, which we both know is what really drives most of this. Isn't that the truth? So there's been some funny things, some cool things that have happened over the first two days. We're recording on Tuesday night. You're going to listen to this Monday morning. Uh, sorry, Wednesday morning on your way to work probably and kind of get you prepped for the Masters tournament. They interviewed DJ. And, and DJ is the biggest bullshit artist in the world. Okay, there's no way around it. I really do think he's stupid as anything except for his mm-hmm. golf intelligence. But they're going over things like, what do you like at the Masters? Um you know what's your favorite par three? Oh man I, I like all of them man okay cool um what's your favorite tee shot to hit man you know like I like all the tee shots and the, and then one guy says to him what what's your favorite thing overall about coming to the masters every year and he goes man I like them sandwiches they got and a guy I goes okay well which one now you would expect him to say the pimento cheese because everyone raves about it. I don't even like pimento cheese sandwiches, but they were very good. However, I do like pimento cheese and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy asked him, he's like, well, what sandwiches, DJ? He's like, oh, man, you know I like all of them. <laughs> Here's the thing with that. Come on, DJ. Like, You have to, in your head, have a ranking of well, what those well, sandwiches are yeah. and just pick like two of them. And just right, be like, he, yeah, man, I like the classic chicken and the pimento cheese. That, you oh, know that he doesn't rate the, the ham and the turkey on white whatever as equal as, as something else. Well, I'm calling BS right from the get-go because there's no way in hell that DJ's ever eaten any of that food whatsoever. Right? He's, he's in, in the clubhouse. He's back at Berkman's place eating food back there from a gourmet chef. There's no way in hell he's out eating pimento cheese sandwiches or, or you know— uh, peach ice cream sandwiches, or, or 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 like you said, the chicken sandwich, which are phenomenal. The chicken and biscuit sandwiches, there, mm-hmm. right? They're unbelievable. But he's not eating those. Uh, maybe he, maybe he meant the sandwiches that they serve in the clubhouse. Okay, well, I mean that's a possibility. And maybe the, the reason he can't name a specific one is because they don't actually like have a menu. It's just. DJ goes in, sits down. They say, Mr. Johnson, sandwich. And he just says, yeah, man, you know I like the sandwiches. And then the chef just makes him a sandwich with whatever he's got lying around, brings it out. And DJ's just like, another great sandwich, dude. Awesome. Try some of this. Yeah. I I guarantee he's probably like, yo, man, you get me that that beef that they like massage and stuff? Like, go massage a cow for me, man, and make me a sandwich. And in his mind, he thinks that every patron out there is eating just like him. Yo, man, these people at the Masters eat great. They go and massage a lot of cows, man. It's definitely possible. (sighs) Cocaine is a hell of a drug, Scott. It is. It is. He's got COVID uh, brain, maybe. That's maybe that's the story. Did you say cocaine? Uh, I mean, what I said rhymed with it, so let's <laughs> go with it. <laughs> so, John Rom today. Look, John Rom is one of my picks. All right, we we pick five people at work, and mm-hmm. John Rom is one of them. And this fool just trying to skip the ball across the pond on sixteen holes out for an ace while skipping the ball across the pond on 16. That's insane. 
I don't know if that's been done before. I've never seen a hole in one when they're skipping the ball in all the years that I've been watching. No, me neither. That's one of the great masters traditions is the, the skipping a ball across the pond at 16. So you kind of feel like it, it may or, or it probably has happened before, or it may have happened. I don't know. I'm going to go with probable. There's a good chance someone else has done that. Um, but you know, the question becomes, you know, does that uh, bode well, or was that just all of the luck he had just coming out in one shot? Yeah, no, I, I, no, no, it's got to be a foreshadowing for what's going to happen this week. Okay. Um, Bryson, who I, I, my bad, um, the big dude, the faux scientist, the yeah. man who shall not be named. He is literally destroying the ball um, on 13 while everyone's trying to draw it around the corner. This idiot is planning on going over the strand of trees where Phil hit his famous shot from to get in and two Mm -hmm. and expects to be playing from the 14th fairway, hitting eight iron, nine iron in to the par five. He plans on driving the first green. Um, He's got a lot of big plans there. They asked him about that in the press conference today, and he said, look, I know y'all are are big on my distance, and he's like, I am very big on my distance and feel like I'm going to destroy the place. He said, however, everybody knows it comes down to chipping and putting at Augusta. So based on what you have seen as of late, which is not much from Mm -hmm. Bryson, do you think his short game, Scott, is good enough to win this week? Do I think it's good enough? Probably. Do I think it's good enough this week? That's hard to say. Again, you know, the it's um it's one of those things. Like, who knows? Is he is he on form? Is he not feeling good? Is he going to be you know destroying greens with his putter? You know, because uh, you know the, the practice green. I mean, because he's so frustrated with himself. Yeah, we don't know. We never know what Bryson's going to show up. So, I, I, so yeah, is he going to murder the ball? Could probably because that's his game now. But is the chipping and putting on? Yeah, maybe. I I always hate the pontification of the pundits out there in the media because golf is the hardest sport to handicap, right? Like at a normal tournament, hundred and forty six players. There's literally a hundred players that could win that week. And then on top of that, there are an additional 20 guys that could catch their career lightning in the bottle and win. You can go based on trends and stuff in golf, but you cannot tell me that, you know, I'm picking this person. I know he's going to win now in a football game, in a baseball game, in a basketball game. Yeah. I mean, there are times when you can say, look, there's like this year, there's no way in hell the Jets are going to win. Right, they've proven that they're zero and eight and shipping off people left and right. right. But in golf, you can't do that. But the one tournament a year that you can come close to is the Masters, because you have so many old champions in the field. You have so many amateurs, which you know, I mean, come on, an amateur's not going to win, and, and a dude above fifty-five is not going to win. So it really right. does whittle down the field, you know. Um, but with that all being said, a long-winded way of me saying Bryson is not going to win this week. I don't think he's going to win either. I, I just, I, and I said that 
back when he won the U.S. Open. I don't think that he's. I don't know that, and again, I don't know that his game is is well suited for Augusta yet. I don't think so either, and and, and I'm not just going to throw that out there without giving reasoning. I truly don't believe that he's a great short game player. I think he's a very good putter. Okay, but you're not going to hit every green at Augusta, um, and then you know realize when you play Augusta National, it's not just about hitting the greens. Right, you could hit a green thirty mm-hmm. feet away from the hole, and you would rather be a hundred feet away from the hole on that particular hole because of the fact that the the undulations are so severe. You need that knowledge of playing there. I mean, he did play with Tiger this week, so Tiger's taking an interest into his game. I I love somebody that is unique. I love what he's doing. I love what he's trying to formulate. I just don't think it's the week. Yeah, and again, you also have to wonder, like, yeah, he went out and played with Tiger. How much is Tiger really going to be helping him out? You know, right? Because again, you know, Tiger's in this field. Tiger doesn't play unless he thinks he could win. So he's out. Tiger's out there to win. He's not going to be like, oh, Bryson, you know what you got to do? You got to hit the ball in this part of the green and hit the ball, you know, and then when the cup is over there, it plays three inches left. It looks two inches, but you got to play it out a little bit more. He's not doing that. That's a a very odd dichotomy that tour pros uh, are involved with. When you're out in a practice round, you're asking an elder statesman, right? You're, You're asking someone that's been there and done that. You got to wonder in your head how much of the advice that they're giving you is actually truthful and how much are they withholding because they don't want to give you all of their insight, you know? And then I think maybe you even start second guessing yourself like, hmm, I wonder if Tiger really meant on eight that I could be left of the flag there if it's cut middle. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's that's the other thing, like hypothetical situation, right? It's Sunday, 18th green, okay? They're tied, Tiger and Bryson, for the, 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 for the win, right? Yeah. Yep. Tiger just says to him, hey, listen, remember when we played on Wednesday? This one plays a little outside left. Are you going to trust the word of Tiger Woods in that situation? I, I don't know that I would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, being the ultimate competitor is not just a physical thing, right? Look at Michael Jordan. Uh, look at Muhammad Ali. Guys that went above and beyond with their mental game as well. Mm-hmm. Is is Tiger employing some of that? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So, I you know, you got to wonder how much that really is going to help. Speaking of Tiger, he has confirmed the Masters dinner. He's going with uh, appetizer Masters roll, which is tempura shrimp, some spicy tuna, some eel sauce, tempura flakes, uh, a little wasabi soy sauce there, trying to uh, spice it up a little bit, maybe give guys uh, a little upset stomach. His main course is prime steak and chicken fajitas, and he's got a dessert trio of classic flan, chotos with chocolate sauce, and sopa pillas. So Tiger is throwing out that West Coast vibe, um, mm-hmm. that San Diego area vibe with a little bit of that Mexican or Mexicali food mixed in there. What do you think about his choices, Scott, for the uh, menu? 
I'm also, from what I saw, milkshakes are on there, on the menu he as well. He is going to have milkshakes, yep. That's, that's, and, and I was going to say, if Tiger's hosting the dinner, there's got to be milkshakes on there. You know, the other thing of note, uh, I think Fuzzy Zeller said he's not going to make it because he he had some heart surgery uh, recently, I guess. Uh, for, for that reason alone, Tiger should throw out the fried chicken and collard greens and just be like, sorry, we missed you, Fuzzy. And then they could all be like, you know, taking selfies with it and sending it to him. Be be an ultimate boss move. Um, you think that's karma coming back for Fuzzy? No, I think it's just this crazy world that we all live in right now. Okay. Um, Tiger, the first time he won, uh, the menu he served in 99 was milkshakes and cheeseburgers and fries. Yes, come sir. a long way, huh? Uh, I believe other than that first one, I think this has been his like regular menu. The sushi and the, the fajitas. He's he's a big sushi fan. Um I was looking over some of like the old menus and things that are basic. That's basically one of the most mundane ones, cheeseburger fries and milkshake. But quite honestly, with what these guys are used to, it's probably a little bit of a welcome reprieve to get just some, you know, good old Americanized food, if you will. Bubba had the second most boring. He did grilled chicken, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. That was his. I think there were green beans on the menu as well. Maybe corn. Uh, it's cornbread. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds like it was, uh, you know, catered by like uh, Applebee's or, <laughs> or something like that. Well, and that's the, that's the other crazy thing is that like he, when they asked him, he's like, yeah, it took me about 30 seconds to think of it. And then I don't think anyone was surprised when he said that. Just like, yeah, right. no, no kidding, Bubba. All right, let's get into. Uh, we asked on Instagram real quickly. I apologize. I gave people an hour <laughs> to, to ask questions. Uh, for That's, the uh, you got to be re- highly engaged to participate in this show in some way. Yeah, very true. Um, so I'm not, we're not going to get to all of my. I do appreciate. Uh, I also apologize for the fact that there's going to be a ton of questions overnight, and I'm going to completely ignore them. Uh, so just know that everyone that sends them in, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just ignoring you. Uh, first question that we're going to get to, does Bryson win by 10? That goes back to what we just talked about, Scott. I will go with no. Uh, I will double that and by, and say no one will win by 10. Okay, I like that. That was from our friend Nick Biondi Golf. He's a pro mm. golfer out there, and he wants to know. Uh, you know what, Nick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you don't think he's going to win by 10 either. Um, but, but. How crazy would it be if Bryson goes out and literally has like seven eagle putts out there because he's driving par fours, uh, you know, and, and and hitting nine irons into par fives? It'd be insane. It would be some good TV. And trust me, Scott, there's a lot of people that watch the Masters that aren't golf fans, and this would draw even more eyes in. Uh, you know what? It will. And and other than football, I don't think there's really anything else going on this weekend. So. Again, that this the sports world, you know, the eyes of the sports fans may be on the Masters. So, you know, it, it, it it's prime true. for someone to do something crazy. Very true. Uh, <laughs> this is a great question. What is Bryson's estimated weight at tee off? So th- this is a this is a good question for you actually, because my my question is: Do you think like Bryson has to like cut weight? <laughs> you know, for weigh-ins, 
but he walks around like 10 pounds heavier. So you think like for a normal tournament, he's walking around like 280, but for the Masters, it, I, you know, I got to cut and make weight for the Masters. I got to be 255. Well, that yeah, it's one of those like, well, listen, the biggest green jacket we have is this size. You got to be able to fit into that, Bryson, or, or you don't get to tee off. Bryce is the type of dude that would hold like training camp before the Masters. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got three month training camp to get ready for the Masters tournament. Like you know, yep. you're not fighting someone, right, dude? Yes, it's a battle. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna say that Bryson is not watching his weight, and that okay, he uh, he yeah. is he is he is actually right. Well, not right now, but uh, sometime Wednesday night. He is going to try to sneak into the champion's dinner so he can get one of those Tiger Woods milkshakes. <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, Bryson is probably going to be around 230-ish or so. He's, he's actually looking a little bit more spelt in the press conference today. I'm going to say he's mm. about 230. Bryson's going to tell you he's about 250. Okay, right. but I'm I'm gonna tell you he's about two thirty, and and as an old wrestler that has you know the old carny trick of being able to be pretty close to people's weight, I'm gonna tell you he looks about two thirty. Got a nice little haircut too. He got a got the. He uh, looks sharp. He, he's looking, you know, he's he's getting prepped, Scott. I think I think he's in his mind, he's thinking on Sunday I have to wear this because it matches the green jacket. Uh well. I, I guess Puma may uh, may script that for him. I haven't even looked at apparel scripts at all. Has there been anything out there? Um, yeah, I saw stuff. There's nothing it, like. It's great. not like you know, they're I, launching I thought, a honestly, spring line like they normally would with it. So no, Nike and and Adidas dropped some cool shoes. Nike, well, I don't like the Nikes. They're Air Maxes. They got like the tassels on the front. They're kind of whack. But Adidas I was going to ask you these. about those actually. What yeah, are they? What are they um, drawing reference to with that? I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like, you know, I mean, obviously like 1960s, 1970s golfers, but it's not like Payne, you know, had one at Augusta and, and it was like the, you know, 30th anniversary of that or something. Like, I don't know. I, I just think they're they're going off and, you know, they're throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Now, the Adidas ones, the low AMs, which is brilliant because it's such an inside you know, inside knowledge to the masters. The Adidas low M's are sick. I, I I love them. I almost bought them, but then I looked up in my closet and I see I have eight pair of golf shoes, mm. um, and like four of them look like they've never been worn before. So I made the conscientious effort not to purchase yet another hundred and fifty dollar, two hundred dollar pair of golf shoes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, uh, J J Billy Horschel is wearing a hoodie on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, uh, so is um, what you call it. So is uh, Turtle Hatton. He's oh. he's wearing it as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know what day, but he's wearing it during a practice round. Uh, last question, real quick, to get to because we have some other stuff. This is actually an interesting question because you and I might have the same answer to it. The best spot on the course to catch the action. Truth be told, we've probably said it a hundred times before. You hate us for it. Scott and I have been to the Masters. Um, so, Scott, where was your favorite spot? Where is your favorite spot to watch the action? I believe we sat in uh, stands behind the 12th tee. Uh, I will 
I will stand behind that as the best spot to to hang out because um, you get the eleventh green, you get the whole twelfth hole, you get the thirteenth. Um, the sec my the second best spot I would say is going to be the I guess it's the tenth tee, kind of like right behind the clubhouse there, yep, um, where all the action's right happening. Yep. Yeah, I, I I went back and forth on this question. I saw it. I was like, you know what? That's really a great question. Um, 12 is iconic. 12 is amen. Um, you know, there's there's great porta-potties. There's great food there. I mean, you, you don't have to leave. You can literally sit there, and it's like watching 3D television. Um, however, I, I don't know if we were down at the bottom of 10 behind the green. Mm-hmm. The azaleas were in bloom. There's a, a tiny little seating area to the right. And then as we go down, we've got Zach Johnson and Stuart Sink. You're all right there. It sounds like you're under attack. No, that's good. It's my uh, headphones are being funny. Okay. Um, Zach Johnson and Stuart Sink looped off the back of 10. And we're just standing there. No ropes, nothing like that whatsoever. It was just like this serene, idyllic setting. The 11th tee box is the end of the property over there on the side. There's nothing else mm-hmm. except for Augusta Country Club on the side. Um, not the greatest viewing spot, but I just remember them walking past us. They were both like, hey, what's up, guys? We are like, hey, what's good? No one else back there was, you know, you, my wife, myself, mm-hmm. Zach Johnson, Stewart Sink, the caddies. And I was like, this, this does not happen in other pro sports. You know, you you never get into an NFL stadium empty by yourself and, and, and out there is, is Roethlisberger throwing passes, you know what I mean, or or something along those lines. Like, it just doesn't happen. But in golf, it does, and, and that happens all the time in golf. If you kind of know where to go and yep. where to kind of hide yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I do remember that spot. Um, it reminds me a lot of there's – um. At TPC River Highlands, where they play the Travelers, there's a, a spot between two holes where there's a they have to walk across, the players have to walk across a road, um, and there's a, a you know a roped off area that they pass through, and you basically walk with them, obviously just on the other side of the rope. And I've kind of walked over that way and just you know said to players like, "Hey, great putt there," or you know, "Great shot," you know, "Great shot going into par three." Um, what clubs you hit there and just kind of had like mini conversations with guys right before you kind of lose them as they get to the tee. And, you know, if you get guys in, in moments where they're happy to talk to you, they'll talk to you. So yeah, that, that spots like that, especially on practice rounds are, are awesome. Now Augusta is gorgeous. Um, it's eye candy television only does it so much justice, even with the advent of 4k, you have to be there. You have to understand the undulations and just the perfection. Like there's nothing – there's no imperfection there whatsoever. Nope. But I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, 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 of a hot take, maybe something that's completely disagreed upon. But I want to actually discuss this. And I, got, I, got, I thought of this, Scott, and I want your opinion on it. I, I don't think that Augusta, the course, okay, I'm not talking the Masters – I'm not talking the clubhouse, the atmosphere, the vibe, the people, nothing. But the course itself is actually not that great. I'm not trying to stir up controversy or stuff, but I think of so many other courses 
that are out there that have better scenery and not better conditions. Okay, let's be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean when you say better scenery. They're they're on a better plot of land. Like I just I yeah. just I look at it this way, right? If you play Augusta, which we will never play it, right? The closest we're ever going to get to is Augusta West, Grant's home course at Eagles and Arrows. That's the closest we're going to get to, you know, a course with Augusta in its name. But if you play Augusta and you don't play it in tournament conditions, it 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 is through pictures now, mind you. I've never played, okay? Let's get that straight right off the bat. Scott has never played. We'll get that straight. But through pictures, it looks to me like it's just wall-to-wall green, a little bit of brown pine, um, kind of nondescript without the the grandstands and the billboard, you know, the scoreboards and all those things. And then I think of like some other courses and, you know, specifically what comes to my mind, courses at Pinehurst, courses out in Bandon, courses like Sand Hills, e- even some courses out in Arizona. If you had one course to play for the rest of your life, would it be Augusta? Hmm. Like Prob- if they probably, offer, like you're, probably you, not. You and your wife are going to retire, right? And they, and they say, you can put a house, Scott, on any golf course and become a member there free for life. Is that house going on Augusta National? For me, it's not. Uh, see, if you throw that in there, the, the, the lifetime membership for free, and I get to live there, that, well, also, that also means I'm attending the Masters every year. No, you're not a member. You're just that dude sneaking on at 7 p.m. over the fence because everyone's gone home for the night in the summer. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've also never played Sawgrass, but uh, I know a guy who has, and he's basically said, he's like, if, I, if there's one course, that's, that's the one I'm picking. He's like, I don't really? care what other options you give me, but that's where I'm going. Now that blows my mind because as far as a course to view things, it's great. Mm-hmm. But after walking that course a few times, I just I I I I, I don't see that. I don't right. See well, it. yeah, that's the thing. But like, to each their own. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. To each their own. Like, and it just you know, knowing there are people who would choose Sawgrass over Augusta makes me think like, what course would I pick? of the courses that I've played. Um, the And obviously Shadow Creek is the one that jumps to the top of my list. And I think, you know, would I rather play Shadow Creek or Augusta every day for the rest of my life? And you know what? I, the answer is probably yes. Okay. Yeah, I just, like, I don't know if Augusta is that great of a course or if the Masters and Augusta National itself does the scarcity thing so well. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. only give you bits and pieces. You see it once a year. That's all you ever see it. You know, pictures are always leaked. They're never posted. It's like, oh, I heard they did this with that tree, but they never acknowledge. So I wonder if they just really control, almost like China, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> If they really control the flow of information that well, if they do the scarcity thing that well, or if the course is that amazing. Um, I love it because it's walkable. It is a bit of a hillish walk. But, yep. you know, like for me, I just, I, I think I need, 
something where conditions are always going to kind of be different, you know, and that's, that's what lends me to like something by the ocean. Some days I'm going to get some breezes. Some days I'm not, some days it might be cold. Some days it's not. And then you got to remember too, Augusta's closed for like six and a half months a year too. Right. Uh, and just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to like bash Augusta cause it's Augusta, but is it, is it really, is it really that great of a course or is there just a couple of really memorable holes and it's the, you know, and the, the pageantry history. of being the masters. Yes. Oh, the pageantry is absurd. I mean, even more so than like any of the open championships, we need to get a pro on that doesn't mind speaking the truth. Someone that's retired and just, and literally ask them like, all right, come on, spill the beans. Like when you were a pro giving interviews, are you just telling us that Augusta's that good because you don't want to upset the green jackets and you want to get back there as many times as possible. Uh, again, they asked Dustin Johnson what his favorite thing about the course was. And he said sandwiches. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, just call it right back to the beginning there. Yeah. Well, (laughs) me, me, me not think in good English like you do. Right. Um, all right. So real quick, um, I'm going to get you, we're going to get out of here on this. I know you got to go in a little bit. If, you could spend 24 hours at Augusta. How would you spend it? And you are allowed to play, Scott. You have free reign. I have rented the place out for you for your 50th birthday. Okay? Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell me the schedule. Uh, I'm going to get there very early. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, no, you don't, no you don't even, you're sleeping in the crow's nest overnight. You don't have perfect. to get there early. Okay, you're you're there on grounds. Okay, perfect. So I'm sleeping in the crow's nest. Okay, that works. Because uh, I was sleeping there in the at, at the end. So now I'm sleeping there in the mor- the morning before. Yeah, let's say let's say it's a mo- Monday. We get there Monday night at at 10 p.m. at night or 9 p.m. All right. So yeah. So and everything is operational, Scott. Everything. So great. So everything, including the um, it's operational for a full 24 hours. A hundred percent. Is the normal merch tent operational? One hundred percent. And normal food, like patron Everything. food. Everything's Everything. going, yeah. including the clubhouse. Okay, perfect. So Everything. You can eat in the clubhouse. Well, I'm not necessarily going to. So we get there about 10 o'clock. I'm, first thing I'm going to do is go out to one of those, the one of the food, uh, food and beverage concession areas, get myself um, a little snack. Because I don't need a full meal at ten o'clock, but I, I I could go for a sandwich and a sports drink. Well, tell the people what type of sandwich. Uh, I think I would probably go with the the classic chicken. Yeah, it's so good. So grab that, grab a sports drink or a cola, um, and it's literally Coke only in that area of the country. Yes, I know. Uh, so we're gonna grab that. We're going to have that, and then head up. Maybe, you know, go to bed so I can wake up early, hit the practice area. And I'm going to spend an hour or two there just because it's amazing. So that's going to bring us to, let's say, 9 o'clock. So from at 9 o'clock, I'm going to, you know, get my first round going. Since it's probably just going to be me and you playing, it'll take us about three hours to get around. So that that brings us to lunchtime. We'll have some lunch outside the clubhouse underneath the oak tree. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll hit up the par three course. 
Mm-hmm. Grab ourselves another little snack. Maybe hit the merch tent. Maybe take a, a, a quick nap. And then we'll have some time to go out and play uh, maybe another 18, but probably we'll just get nine in. But we're not just going to play sh- nine holes straight through. We're going to play nine holes and just play the nine holes that we want to play. Because <laughs> yeah, we can. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to play like 10 green to nine. I mean, 10 tee box to nine green is a par three. Mm. That'd be so fun. The only thing that I would do different. Uh, I wasn't done just yet. Oh, my bad. Keep going. So, and that gives us time to go hop in for a late dinner. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask the chef, like, hey, listen, I want, I'll probably go with, with Tigers. I'll go with, with Tigers Champions Dinner from 2000, 2020. Make me the, the Champions Dinner. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to have. And then we're going to eat that, um, preferably while borrowing green jackets, because I don't think you can eat in the clubhouse unless you have one on. I like that. I like wearing a green jacket. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll invite some past champions to join us. It's a great idea. I don't. Know I mean, how. Nicholas and Tiger probably won't come, but maybe we can get Bob Golby. I, you know, <laughs> definitely show up. We definitely show up. Gary Player would show up just to punch a fat kid in the stomach. Okay? Oh, absolutely. That's it goes without saying. So here's the only thing I would do different. I mm-hmm. love the idea. I love everything. Honestly, it's a great day. I mean, you can't you go tell wrong. Me, you can't. And if you tell me that it, it it is a bad day, you're an idiot. Okay, bottom line. But here's what I would do different. I would spend about 30 minutes at the range. I would go play the nine hole par three course first because you know I'm in love with par three courses. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'd get get to the practice area around seven hit the nine-hole par three course, play that, then come over, play 18, have food brought to us out on the course so we don't have to stop playing, okay? Okay. Come back in, probably then have a pretty good lunch, back to the par three again. I'm playing that twice. And then going with your idea of playing our, you know, our evening nine holes. But I would, I would ask. I would say, hey, listen, um... Someone tell me where the best view of the sunset is. I think, Scott, I might want to just play hole 12 as the sun is setting. Uh, you know what? That's fair. I might want to just walk out to 11. Yeah, we'll start at 10. Play 10, 11, 12, 13. Play 14 coming in and then just walk it in from 14 up the hill. Yep. And, I, and then- I mentioned we might take a little nap. I, I think I want to take a nap in Butler Cabin, too. Yeah, I, I'm not taking a nap. I don't care if I got to be hopped up on like a thousand milligrams of caffeine and my putter shaking <laughs> in my hands nonstop. I'm not napping, but I would night I would I would nightcap it with a romp through the merchandise tent mm. where I'm easily and people think this is nuts when when they've asked, "How much did you spend last time?" I said I spent 500 bucks last time and have no idea what I even spent it on. So easily dropping a grand or two in the pro shop. I, I wouldn't even think about it. That, Without even thinking twice. Nope, not at all. And that's and that's the one thing, like, I, I regret. There's so many things I wish, like, looking back, like, I, I wish I would, and I'm going to say, we had just had a baby. So I wish I was in a better, better financial position to spend, like, a thousand, two thousand dollars in that place. Yes. So, yeah, I hear you. The only, th- there, there's a lot of things I would do different. I mean, we did some things absolutely perfect. But a lot of things I would do different. The only thing I wouldn't do different is the amount of Masters Cups we stole on the way out. I have one 
at dinner or with dinner tonight? Uh, I, I use one every day to fill up my coffee maker. Love it. And I have one which unfortunately broke, so it doesn't hold liquid anymore. But I have one on my desk that holds pens and pencils. So Beautiful thing. All right. Well, well since this is the Masters preview show, you might as well tell people who's going to win. Scott, let them know before we get out of here. Uh, I have said since the beginning of this year that I'm riding and dying with Rory McIlroy. And I will ride or die with Rory McIlroy. I am going with, I hate saying it, Dustin Johnson. I didn't even pick him. I picked him from my pool. I think Rom's going to win, but I'm going with DJ because I cannot wait for next year's Masters menu to just be all the sandwiches, man. You know, I, I would love if that's the menu. Just just because. All the sandwiches. Man. Hey, on that note, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Good luck, everyone. The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at eaglesandarrows.co. It's Eagles and Arrows Company, C-O, on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows. Thank you.